0: Tonight I want to share with you about receiving what you're believing for. Uh, you know, that's part of what I was talking about Sunday morning, was there were two specific areas um, that I felt like the Lord was stirring in my heart uh, concerning this year for us as a church, but also specifically for uh, members of our church. And, uh, you know, and I talked about how that, you know, God will do His part, but we still have to do our natural part. But the two specific areas, uh, number one was financial and uh, you know, and it was one of the one of the it was the way the Lord said it. Which normally I don't think like this, so I know it wasn't me. And I don't talk like this. Is that um, that limitation would be replaced uh, with uh, uh, liberty or with generosity? Amen. Is it limitation would now you know? Because and I believe this too. Is that I believe people want to be generous whether they have it or whether they, I believe people want to be generous. I believe that you're happier when you give. And so I believe most people want to be generous, they just don't know that they can or don't know how or they're not in a position to. And so part of uh, what that is, I believe, is the Lord opening up some things for us, but again, you know, kind of going back into what I've been sharing uh, even in this uh, on Sunday mornings is that you've got to actively be seeking the Lord, not for what you get from him, but you seek him and when you seek him you'll be surprised what will unlock i mean that's why we start the year with prayer and fasting why because when i when i focus on the lord and i really make that a priority i believe that it opens up doors for him to work for me the rest of the year that may or may not have happened if i hadn't taken that time to seek him first and uh you know and so the other uh the other uh focus if you will from sunday morning was it uh, was a, uh, a spirit of heaviness and, uh, you know, and I've just been stirred here lately about this. Uh, and the Bible talks about a spirit of heaviness, a weightiness, or, you know, and really it talks about oppression and depression and the works of the enemy. And, you know, I quite honestly, I was very surprised by the response to both. Uh, they both kind of took me back because I was thinking, this better be the Lord. And, uh, you know, I know that most of you have never been on my side of it, but it, it it's a step of faith to say... Who has the guts to answer this one and to come up here? And, uh, you know, and so even that, it takes faith uh, just to be led by the Lord. And so I know that, you know, sometimes it it may not seem like it, but trust me, you know, and I I mean, I was really blown away. And I was like, well, I obviously heard from the Lord and, uh, and, you know, and, and I believe that I had. But, you know. Some affirmation is good sometimes too. and uh, But I just want to uh, share some things with you tonight to encourage you along these lines. And it's not just specifically uh, those two areas. And But yet, if especially if Sunday morning had applied to you. Um, you know, it's one thing, you know, because I believe that God gave you a word on Sunday morning. Uh, and you may say, well, I didn't get one. Go back and listen to it again and see if he speaks to you. You know, sometimes it's amazing how many times I'll go back to these certain messages and I just get something new every time I go back. You know, there's certain ones that I just, you know, I don't know, they just do something in my heart. And so I'll go back and I'm like, man, I never heard that before. And I never heard that before. And I didn't catch that the first time. And, you know, and I'll go back or maybe I'll be like, oh, I forgot about that. You know, and so, um, but... You know, as you believe in God this year, uh, I just want to encourage you some, tonight with some thoughts concerning faith and, God, and you seeing God come through for you. It's one thing to have a moment where you believe God spoke. But there sometimes is some distance between God speaking and the fulfillment. You know, what do you do in that in-between time, that in-between moment? You know, and, and it, whether it's this calendar year or not, 12 months is still 12 months. You know, as I get older, the years go by faster and faster and faster, but a year is still 12 months, and it's still 365 days, and there are still plenty of opportunities in the course of a year when it's daily, it's a year is a year. You know, and uh, so there's still some things that we need to uh, kind of be uh, aware of. And and many of these concepts aren't new, but yet I believe that uh, I can share in a way some of it that is maybe uh, different or maybe from another angle just to stir up your faith a little bit tonight. But, uh, you know, let me ask you this. Have you ever had a problem that just seems bigger than your ability uh, to believe and receive? You ever face something where you're just thinking, I just don't know if my faith is there? Anybody? I mean, I think we've all probably faced things that just, we think, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm there. How do you know if you're there? I don't know that we ever know that we're there just to help you. Um, you know, I think it's a process that we're walking through and that we gain wisdom and understanding as we go. But I don't, And honestly, I think if we ever say, oh yeah, I'm good, I, I've got all the faith I need. Where's the dependence on God then? Go. Now, I understand, you know, but but there's a, a side of us that when we think we got it, we back off. That's right. And we kind of hit, hit cruise control. Like, I got it. You know, I'm staying steady. But, it, you know, and even last night in prayer, Matt uh, really felt stirred about uh, really this, and really the way he communicated was uh, a, a push and a press. And there's something to be said about that. Uh, you know, and even to be... Um, to receive what God has for you. Uh, you know, one of the things that I believe, and in, 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 it somewhat ties in, uh, and it's similar but yet also different. Uh, because if you're going to receive what God has for you, I believe one of the things that you're going to have to deal with and overcome is discouragement. Um, you know, because discouragement comes to all. It's an enemy of everybody. It doesn't matter how faith filled how little faith, or it does, no faith, it doesn't matter. Everybody faces Discouragement. And, uh, you know, and there's things that come. And so, uh, you know, uh, discouragement is defined as this. It's a loss of confidence or enthusiasm. A loss of confidence or enthusiasm. Another word uh, for discouragement is this. And I thought this one was interesting. It says, dispiritedness. Dispiritedness. Now, another, one, another definition of this means to be swayed. Discouragement actually means to be swayed, to be moved away from something. Now, you know, technically you can break the word down and discouragement simply means what? To remove courage. Dis yeah. means against, so you're removing or removing. And courage, to remove courage from your life. And so, you know, but what happens is it, it's not such a big deal that you get Discouraged. Now, I know that may sound like anti-faith, but it's really not. Why? Because everybody faces discouragement. Everybody has our moments where we get rattled. Everybody has those moments where we just think, oh my gosh. But we need to properly understand what discouragement is because what really matters, and the real question is what happens after. That's what really matters. Getting discouraged is not a lack of faith. You know, I had a moment, uh, I guess, I don't know if it was this week or last week. You know, me and Dara uh, have been renovating a home, not our own, but another home uh, here lately. And we've done a lot more uh, tearing apart than what I had intended when I started, like a whole lot more. And so I was trying to get an assessment of this house. Because right now, it's just studs. There's no walls, hardly. And in a couple days, there probably won't be any walls on the inside. You know, and... And I got a little discouraged. I got a little overwhelmed thinking, what have I done? Oh my gosh. You know, because what? I felt like I was in over my head. Well, you know, and and look, and it happens. Have you ever got yourself in a situation where you think, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have got here. I wish I could take a few steps back. You know, and the thing was, is the, the reality of it is, is I do actually know what to do. But in that moment, just looking at all the problems yeah. and looking at all the and I'm just like, oh, it was so overwhelming that mentally I became overwhelmed a little bit. Now I know what to do. I know who to call. I know, you know, what needs to happen. I know all these things, but my knowledge wasn't enough by itself. Wow. I became overwhelmed in that moment. You know, and So I had to kind of gather my thoughts a little bit. And The next day I came back and I was like, all right. It's not bad that I got discouraged in that moment. What would be bad is if I just walked away. What if I just destroyed this house and then just said, it's somebody else's problem. I'm going to walk away. Now, that's real bad. Why? Why? Because the motivation and the advantage to actually tear this thing apart is now gone. And any advantage to believing that I could have done anything about it is also gone. So I miss out. Not just, I mean, yeah, I got to demo some stuff. That's fun. But I'm not doing it so I can tear stuff up. Right? right? I'm doing it with the hope of I might make a little bit of money. Right? But if I get discouraged and just become so overwhelmed that I walk away, I miss out and I walk away from all the blessings that could have been. And even the reward of knowing that I stuck it out. Because one day, I'm going to finish this house and I'm going to think back and I'm going to say, I remember that day that I thought I was in trouble. I remember that moment that it was overwhelming to my thoughts. You know, and so there's nothing, It's let me say it this way, is that um, discouragement does not automatically mean that you doubt. But the enemy would love to tell you that. The fact that you're discouraged means you don't have faith for this anyway, so you might as well just give up now. Just because you got discouraged does not mean that you doubt or that you lack faith or trust in God. But it's how you respond to that discouragement that really matters. That's what counts, is how you come back. You know, let me uh, give you a couple of thoughts that came to mind. A couple of questions that I believe can run through our mind. You know, especially when, uh, you know, it's one thing when we get that, you know, when God speaks. And we get all excited. And Sunday afternoon, you were probably, you know, like, man, I've got my word from God for this year. And I'm excited about what God's doing. And now it's Wednesday and you're like, did I get a word from God? Was that for me or was that for somebody else? Because I'm not so clear today. I was excited on Sunday, but I'm not sure today. And that may, be your, that may have been a thought that the enemy's even tried to use against you. Did you really get a word from God? Here's another one. Would God really do that for me? Here's another one. Why isn't this working? It works for other people. Why is it working for me? I know that the Bible says, I, I mean, I know what scriptures say. I can confess the scriptures like everybody else that God has no respecter of person, but why doesn't he seem to do it for me? You're discouraged. Here's another one that I believe that many people um, deal with. This is one that's probably not so uh, outwardly spoken, but did I screw this up Again. Like, I know God's not the problem, but did I screw this thing up again? Did I get in God's way? Did I, did I do something that has now held up God's blessing in my life or God's promise in my life? Is there something that I've done? Well, here's the good news. We serve a really big God. And He's way bigger than our mistakes. I mean, if we had to be perfect... Just go ahead and Jesus come and let's just get this thing over with because there's no hope for any of us. But you see, and even Sunday I was sharing with you about uh, the Lord being, you know, uh, the God or the Lord of the breakthrough. But here's one of the first things I would share with you tonight is that um, if you're going to see breakthrough, you're going to have to change your self-talk. Your thought life. And really, I call it self talk because that's what it is. I mean, you know, normal people talk to themselves. Crazy people talk out loud to themselves, okay? So, you know, you can decide which one you fall into. But uh, some days I'm normal and some days I'm crazy. (laughs) Sometimes me. See, there you go. I mean, you know, people ask me, they're like, man, how do you just get up there and just start talking? Well, because I've preached this message to myself multiple times. (laughs) And most likely many times. I don't just get up here and start talking. I've put a considerable amount of thought into what I'm going to say. Now, not, you know, I don't always know. Sometimes the Lord will prompt something, the Holy Spirit will bring some up. And I'm like, man, that's good. Somebody needs to write that down so I don't forget it. And, uh, you know, that happens probably uh, quite a bit. But uh, but if you're going to see breakthrough, you're going to have to change your self-talk. You're going to have to change what you tell yourself. Why? Because, you know, what happens is is that what you say in yourself... Is what you truly believe. Now you can say words. And oh God's blessing me. God loves me. God's for me. But if on the inside of you. You have these questions. Would God really do that for me? Now I'm not telling you like as an example. And I've had people tell me this. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. I don't believe that. Because faking it will not get you to change. To be where you need to be. So that you can get the breakthrough God wants for you to have. It requires change. It requires course correction. It requires that we walk in line, not not mimicking or imitating somebody else, hoping that one day the light bulb is going to go off and I'm going to figure this thing out. I've had people tell me that and I thought it was kind of foolish. So I'm just supposed to play a, a role until all of a sudden it comes to life. No, I need to ask the Lord to help me to change. To help me see things differently. And so I'm just going to give you one example of this. Because I talked about on Sunday morning about a spirit of heaviness. And so I want to give you a practical example of this. So you've got to change your self-talk. You've got to know, you know, the work of the enemy is coming at you. And, and it's an oppressive spirit. It's a heavy spirit who's trying to get you weighed down. Trying to discourage you. The enemy will always try to discourage you. Why? Because if he can get you discouraged, he's already on his way to victory. He's already on his way to overwhelming you and overcoming you because you're discouraged. That's the first step of the enemy. It just is. What's wrong? Where am I missing? And all these types of things. But one of the things, even along this line, and I believe this applies to not just dealing with a spirit of heaviness, but I believe it applies to a lot of things with your self-talk. But one of the things is, I'm just having a bad day. I'm just having a bad day. What's wrong with you? I'm just having a bad day. Now, I'm not telling you to lie, and I'm not telling you to not be truthful. But your self-talk needs to change. When somebody else asks you, you tell them the truth. It's been a little rough today. But you shouldn't keep repeating In yourself, today is just a bad day. Today is just a bad day. Man, I just need to go back to sleep and start back over. Can we hit the reset button and redo? Can we just skip forward? Can we hit the fast forward button? Can we hit the rewind button? God, can you do anything besides just let me live out the rest of this day? Is there any other option? Please. And sometimes there's weeks like that, right? But what happens is, is that when we continually feed and think upon that, what happens? That becomes our belief system. That becomes what we believe to be true and reality for us. So we, what you have to do is you've got to change that way of thinking. You've got to challenge what you perceive to be reality. Because you see, what we call reality is subject to change at any moment. Right? I mean, why? Because you may, you know, let me give you an example. You may have plans for your budget. Well, that's fine until you lose your job, or you get a pay cut, or there's this or that, or you get laid off. What happens? Your plans went out the window. So your reality just changed. Right? You got your, you know, your plans, this and that, and then you find out, you know, there's a a major illness. Your priorities shift in a moment. Your spouse gets sick. All that other stuff don't matter now. Why? Why? Reality didn't change, but your perception of what really matters in reality has changed yeah. in a moment. Sure. Something has shifted. You know, I mean, and I know I mention this a lot, but it's a pretty big event in my life. But when Max fell, there were a lot of things I had to do that day. Didn't matter. Did not matter. All I knew was we got to go. Yeah. Didn't matter what was going on. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember I went to the hospital. This is terrible, but it's true. I went to the hospital with them and I had to, you know, I was, had some things I hadn't was working on and had some appointments lined up and I needed to meet somebody. So I'm like, there, everything's good. Like, I'll be back. I'm going to run over here, take care of something. I'll be right back. I went over there, met my appointment. She called me and said, hey, they want to fly him to Little Rock. And I said, say what? I'm on my way. All of a sudden that appointment just didn't matter. Why? Because the perception of the moment had changed. And, uh, you know, and so, but we do have to change our self-talk. You know, it says in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, it talks about that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Why? Because he was discouraged. He had to encourage himself. Other translations say it this way, is that David found strength in the Lord. David found strength in the Lord. So there may be moments that you're going to have to begin to self-talk yourself to a better place. You're going to have to stand upon the Word of God. You're going to begin to even let it... That's what that word meditate means. It means to let it roll around on the inside of you. Here's another way to say that. Let it marinate. We all love some marinating, don't we? Things are better when they marinate. That's why a pot roast is so good. But you don't make a pot roast in an hour. Why? Because it's got to marinate. Lasagna's better the second day than it is the first day. Why? Because all them flavors get together and they make something tasty, right? Talking about food and we're fasting, you know. <laughs> glory to God. And um, but something happens. And so, but that same principle will work. Is that even for you and even for me? That man, when I'm faced with a challenge, I've got to meditate on God's word. I've got to let that joker medit- uh, marinate in my spirit, man. Why? Because something good is coming. Even if I can't see it. So here's a practical one Psalms 118, verse 24 says, Today is the day that the Lord has made. And I will. Now think about this. I will. Doesn't say I feel, I think, I want. I, as a decision of my free will, I choose. Right now to rejoice in the Lord always. I choose to rejoice in the Lord. It goes on, it says here, it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. He says, we will rejoice and be glad in it. I make a decision, I will rejoice. Today is going to be a good day. Man, I remember a while back, I was telling Dara, I got up one morning, I was like, today's going to be a good day, because I said so. Mm -hmm. Remember that? It was a few months back. I said, today's going to be a good day. Doesn't mean everything's going to come the way I want, do the way I want, but today's going to be a good day. I'm not going to let anything steal my joy today, it's going to be a good day. Mm -hmm. So I'm just starting off my day. Why? Because today's the day of the Lord, and and I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. And come what may, today's going to be a good day. That's a good habit to get in. Yeah. And you may have to speak to yourself in these things. Now let me read you a couple of verses here. And I'll uh, get into a few things here in a few moments. But Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9. I want to read you uh, verse 9 through 12 here. It says, um, it says, Dear friends. Well, hold on. Let me go to another translation. I like the way this other translation said it. At least this first one. He says, Beloved, we are confident of better things for you. Things that accompany salvation. In other words, there are things that... Now, I'm going to go back to the New Living Translation, just so you all know. That was the New King James. But he says, You can be confident that there are better things concerning you. Things that... Let me say it this way. That come with salvation. There are things and blessings that come with salvation. Verse 10 says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard that you have worked for him or how you have shown your love for him by caring for other believers, as you still do. He says, Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that you will, uh, for what to make certain that what you hope for will come true. It says then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. He says instead you will follow the example of those who are going or, or who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Their faith and patience other translations say. So how do we get to the promises of God? It's going to take two things. Some faith and some patience, some endurance. Now, you know, some of what, let me read you another verse here out of Roman, or I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. These are familiar verses, I've quoted them many times, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us hold firm to what? To what those things that we're believing for. Let us hold firm to that word because right now it may be this week that that the Lord spoke and gave you a word and, and stirred something in you. But what about come May? What about come April or August or whatever month it may be? What about in November? Are you still standing on that word? Are you still declaring that word of your life with the same enthusiasm that you did on January, whatever Sunday was, 14th, 15th? I think it was 15th. Because remember discouragement the definition of discouragement was this: it says a loss of confidence or enthusiasm that means on december thirty first if i haven 't received my answer, I should still have the same enthusiasm that god you 've still got time to do it this year Amen. All them months later, all those days later, all them prayers later god you 're still faithful. God, you're still faithful. And if I get to next January and I hadn't seen it, I'm going to go into my fast thinking this. Lord, you're still faithful. And God, I may not have seen it yet, but I know that it's coming. And, and I stand and I'm believing. And, I, and I'm not going to let the devil get me discouraged. Why? Because my God is faithful. And I'm going to hold on to the hope that he has given to me. So it's important that we understand these things. Why? Because God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his promises. Now, we don't always understand the timing, but that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to stand firm. To receive those things that I believed. Now, over in Matthew chapter 17... We're going to go through a few things, and, and these are very familiar passages of Scripture for many of you. So I don't want to spend a lot of time, but I still want to, uh, to give you the fullness of it. But uh, this is the account in Matthew 17 where the man uh, who had a demon-possessed son had come to the disciples, and they prayed for him, and it says that they could do nothing. So they brought him to Jesus. Jesus heals the boy and says, hey, go your way. And then the disciples want to know, why couldn't we do that? Like they had cast out devils before, so what's different now? And Jesus makes this, this statement. He says, you don't have enough faith. And the other translations would say, oh, uh, ye of little faith. He says, but I tell you the truth. He says, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing would be impossible. Now, a mustard seed is tiny, tiny, really small. I don't have any. Even if I did, you couldn't see them. They're tiny, tiny. Little bee seeds. So it's not so much about having great faith as much as it is having faith. Amen. Now faith is... Can, you can also say this is that faith is confidence that God will do what he says. I'm confident. And it doesn't require great faith. But what it does require is it does require faith. And even Jesus said, look, if you just had a little bit of faith. Now other translations also add in that, that this type, speaking of this demon... This demonic power could only be broken through prayer and fasting. It's not in Matthew. I believe it's over in Mark where it says that of this same account. Is that this one can only be dealt with. You could say it this way. Is that that type of demonic power or principality can only be dealt with through prayer and fasting. I like to think of it like this. And I'm not necessarily saying it's scripturally accurate. But it helps me understand it. Although I believe it is also scripturally accurate. What Jesus is saying. You know there's different calibers of guns. You know. I mean if you know what I'm talking about. Don't bring me some little pea shooter if somebody's breaking into my house. I want like a forty-five. like, you know, there's one of my dad's guy that holds shotgun shells. It's called the Judge. It's got a spindle and it holds shotgun shells. That's what I'm talking about. If the shot don't kill you, the boom's going to scare you enough to send you running. That's kind of what Jesus is saying here. He said, hey... Even when you get to a place where you keep hitting the same spot, maybe you need to up the caliber that you're doing. Well, you can only do that one way by seeking God. By getting closer to Him. So that's why I believe it's important. You know, everybody wants to talk about, you know, growing up and maturing in God and going to new levels. And there's a saying that says new levels and there's new devils. That's true. So if you want God to, to, you know, to use you greater, then you, you, you better be getting closer to God. Because you're going to face some new enemies that you've not faced yet. Why? Because they, they weren't concerned about you. You start growing spiritually. All of a sudden, you got new, new things that may attack. And it's okay as long as you're growing. As long as you, you know, in a sense, don't forget what got you there. Remember that it was the Lord who who has brought you to this place. But it doesn't take a lot of faith. Jesus doesn't say, "Hey, you got to have just." Crazy faith. Great faith. He just said, y'all don't have enough faith. Now, I want to share some things with you about this. And it talks about, you know, and so let me say this that I believe will help communicate. Is that faith is much more about our focus than necessarily just our belief. And and I'm going to kind of share with you why and why I say this. Faith is about focus. What am I paying attention to? What am I concentrating on? Where is my attention fixed and firm? Because I can say that I'm believing God here, but if I'm getting distracted left and right all the time, I'm not really focused. And, and faith has a focus. And, and that's important. Why? Because I, would, I mean, this would be my encouragement to you. If, you. if the Lord is stirring something in you, like something for this year, a word for this you need to write that joker down and put it somewhere that you see it for the next 12 months. <clears throat> Why? Because it will be a daily reminder. Yeah. This is what God's spoken. This is what I'm believing for. And it brings focus and clarity to every day. Yeah. So that in those days where that discouragement and, the, and doubts and fears begin to creep in, you say, no, I've got a word. Yeah. I've got a word from God. And it may be a scripture. It may be a specific word that God gave to you through somebody by the Holy Spirit. However it came is irrelevant. But if it is a word for you, then you've got to keep it before you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now that's speaking of scripture, but I also believe that that can even fall in lines with prophetic uh, words. Paul told Timothy, he said, you war with the word that has been spoken over you. Well, that wasn't the word of God. That was prophetic word given by the elders of the church to Timothy. And he said, Timothy, you're going to need them to fight a good battle. Yeah. So when anytime somebody gives you a word that, man, it really lines up with what's in your heart. That's Ammunition. I'm loading my gun with that word that God gave for me. Because when the enemy comes and tries to discourage, hey, I've got a word for that. I've got scripture for that. And I can stand and, and, and believe. Why? Because it, it is it, faith is more about what you're focused on than it is just about what you're believing for. Because you can be believing, but if you're not focused... You, you can even... Really tied in it even is to say that faith is diligent. Yes. It's not haphazard, kind of in and out. Well, when the Lord does this, when the Lord does... No, I'm going to be active in my faith. And I'm going to actively be pursuing that. Now, let me show you another example of this. Now, this is the account where Peter walks on water. I'm not going to read the whole story, but, you know, the, guy, the disciples are all out on the boat one night. There's a big waves and big wind. And then Jesus comes walking along on the water let me say it like this faith came walking on the water I mean Jesus is the spirit of faith faith came walking on the water they're freaked out they're scared and they're all like oh it's a ghost is this and that and somebody says no that's Jesus and Peter says hey you know it's, G- it's Peter so he's always the first to jump and uh, you know and he said Lord if that's if that's really you tell me to come walking on the water what's Jesus gonna say no it ain't me kind of tied my hands here Peter Come on. Right? It says, so Peter went over the side. I imagine that Peter jumped. I don't think he tiptoed knowing Peter. He probably just, if I'm going in, I'm getting soaking wet, you know. He jumps and all that. I think, I I mean, you know, it's getting my thoughts, but I wonder if he was surprised when he stood on the water. But says he jumped over and he walked on the water towards Jesus. says when he saw the the strong wind and the waves he was terrified and began to sink. he said save me Lord, save me Lord. and says immediately Jesus reached out and grabbed him, and it says you have so little faith. Jesus said why did you doubt me? It says when they climbed back into the boat the wind stopped. now here's the question. I was reading something here not too long ago and, and, and they asked and they they. It was more of a statement, but I just, I've never thought of it like this. Jesus said, all it takes to walk on water was little faith. He said, Peter, all you needed was a little faith to walk on the water. I mean, to me, I'm thinking like, I ain't never seen nobody walk on the water. I mean, I've seen blind eyes, open deaf ears. I've seen mirrors. I've seen all kinds of things. And walking on water is pretty high on my scale of like faith. Because I've never seen it. I've seen a lot of things. Walking on water is pretty high. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, all you needed was a little bit of faith. But what happened? And it's not so much about that Peter, uh, that his faith failed as much as it is that he got distracted. Exactly. Why? He was walking on the water. His faith was active. He was in faith walking on the water. His faith didn't change. But what did change was His focus. It says he began to look at the wind, he began to look at the waves, the splash of the waters going by, and he began to look at the circumstances, and the circumstances got him off his focus. And because he got off of his focus, he lost his ability to stand on top of water. In other words, he forgot about faith and started thinking circumstances. He jumped out there in faith thinking, Jesus told me to come, I'm coming. And yet it, it wasn't just about his great faith. Now Jesus said, hey, all you need is just a, a little, just faith. It doesn't take great faith to do great things. Let me say that again. That was good. Good job, preacher. It doesn't take great faith to do great things for God. It just takes a little bit. just takes faith. See there's not levels of faith by the way. I don't believe not from what I can see in scripture. And I'm going to share why I believe this here in a few minutes. But just like Peter, faith has to be our focus point. We can't get distracted. Because the impossible becomes possible when we just have faith. Faith is not a mystery. Now we can try to make it, but it's really not. Will God do what he said yes or no? That that's faith. Yes, I believe that God will do what he says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 says this, for we live by believing, not by seeing. Other translations say it this way, we walk by faith, not by sight. Doesn't matter what my today looks like, my tomorrow can be different. My today may change in a moment. You know, and we all have stories and we all have moments like that where it's, man, God, I'm believing you, I'm believing. But you've got to stick with what you know in your heart to be true more than your perception of what your reality may be. I mean, I love the definition that I heard one time of the word of a miracle. And I I love it is that it is this, is that it says it's a violation of natural law. God violates natural law on our behalf. How do you go from being sick one moment to being instantly healed? I mean, I'm not a doctor and I don't know that much about medicine, but I know this. Cells can't instantly get better. If you've got a virus, it's a virus and it's going to take its course and it's going to do its thing. Tumors don't just disappear. Things don't just go, go away. God violates natural law. Why? Because he's a supernatural God. He's a great God. And it requires that we simply have faith. So many times I think, you know, in our minds we think, golly, man, I've got to have great faith and I've got to do this. You know, I've got to be like this faith giant. No, you just need pure faith. Yeah, that's, good. that's the key, yeah, that's good. truly. It's pure faith. It's not mixed faith. And I'm going to share with, with you here in just a moment this. And here's part of what I believe will help you, even as you're uh, really believing God this year, is that when you keep your focus on how great God is, and not how great your problems are, this is what will happen. You'll know this, and, and this is true for you, is that He has you. In other words, God's got you, and He will see you through. God's got this. I don't have to have this. God's got this. That's why the Bible says, let me go cast all of my cares and all of my worries upon him. Why? Because he affectionately cares for me. Lord, I'm gonna bring you all of my junk. Yeah. Because you love me and I thank you. So here's all of my concerns. Now they're your problems. I ain't taking them and I don't want them. It's your problems. Love you too. (laughs) Thank you. I'm not gonna take the weight. Why? Because I can't fix them anyways. I mean, let me just ask you, now this has to do more with worry, but yet it still plays in. Still ties in with this. Why worry about something that you cannot change? Why even let your mind worry about something that is out of your power? Why? Because that's your self-talk. That's that inner dialogue going on on the inside of you. And it's a a tool of the enemy to what? If he can get you to worry, he can easily get you to discouragement. And what happens when you get discouraged is you, you lose the ability to have faith. Pure faith. Like mountain moving kind of faith. Now I know that sounds like, you know, mountain moving faith. Let me remind you, Jesus says just a little bit of faith will move that mountain too. So mountain-moving faith sounds real, you know, like... And yet, the, Jesus said, hey, it only takes a mustard seed. It doesn't take a lot of faith. So we can't focus on the problems. We've got to focus and remind ourselves how big of a God that we serve. I want to read you these uh, next couple verses out of the Amplified Bible. But Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to read this out of the new Amplified Bible. So it's not going to be on the screen. They redid it. I say it's new. It was 2015. They redid the Amplified Bible. They did a, a revision, I guess you could call it. But I like, I've been reading through it, going through it. So I've been looking at some of these verses and different things. I've been kind of comparing the old one and the new one. Because I know the old one pretty good. But the new one's um, a little different. And I like some of the ways that it says it. But it says this in familiar verse, Hebrews 11.1. 1, out of the new Amplified is what I'm going to call it. But it says, now faith is the assurance or the confirmation. You could also say it this way. Um, is that faith is the confidence of things hoped for. And I like the way that uh, this one, the way that they redid it. It says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, things, or things that have been divinely guaranteed. Oh, yeah. I think about that. Faith is being able to, to say, I know that what's been divinely guaranteed is mine. That's good. I don't just have a hope. I've got a promise that God says, hey... Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my word will not return void. It will accomplish that which it's sent to do. Everything that we know is reality is going to change before God's word is going to fall of no effect. It goes on and it says um, that faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith perceives as real fact what cannot be experienced through our senses. So, touch, taste, sight, hearing, all of those things. Faith perceives as reality the promises of God being in my life right now, even though I cannot see them. You know, I like to use this as an illustration because I believe it really helps communicate. When I buy something online, when you go buy something online and I've paid for it, I don't have that box. And I don't have that item. But it's mine. Why? Because I've already paid for it. And you know. If something happens. I'm going to call and say. Where's my package? It's not where is your package. It's where's my package. Why? Because I paid for it. It's mine. I want it. That's why. That's why I paid for it. Faith is the same way. I don't apologize. We're calling somebody up saying, Hey, I ordered something and you took money out of my account. It says that it's shipped, but I still don't have it. Yeah, I, do. I don't apologize and say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to order this. I didn't really want it, but now I can't find it. Uh, I'm sorry. Just, uh, you know, do you feel like helping me today? Are you having a great day? Because if not, I can just not worry about it. Uh-huh. It's quite the opposite. Look, I don't care what you're doing. I ordered something and it's mine and I want it. Where is it? Now, I'll be nicer than that, but that's the way I want us. You know, that's what I want to say. That's what I'm saying in my head. Find my stuff and get it to me. Call me back when you get it figured out. You got a problem. And I need you to go solve it. Because if not, I'm going to be talking to somebody else and you're in trouble. I'm not trying to be nice about it. Why? Why? It's mine. I've paid for it. Well, you know, the same is true when it comes to all the promises of God. The Bible says that they are yes, they're amen, they're bought and paid for. They're mine. And I'm not going to apologize. Oh, Lord, you know, if you might want to kind of, maybe if I've been good enough, it's mine. Now, my advice to you is not to approach the Lord that way. You might want to come humbly. But let me say it this way. You might want to come humbly but boldly. Yeah. Amen. Confidently. Yeah. Why? Because faith perceives as real fact. The moment I hit order, that joker was mine and I want to know where it is. The moment I got a hold of that scripture that said that peace was mine, I want it and I want it now. Devil, you cannot steal my peace. You cannot steal my joy. I will no longer live in discouragement because it is not mine. My approach to life is this today is the day of the lord and i'm going to rejoice and i'm going to be glad in today i don't care how i feel i'm going to keep saying that i'm going to rejoice and i'm going to be glad until that becomes my reality because that joy and that rejoicing spirit is mine that spirit of heaviness is not mine that is not from my god that is not part of his blessing in my life that's part of the curse that i've now been redeemed from therefore i do not accept it any longer you begin to talk like that to yourself and you begin to talk like that to the enemy. Some things might start changing. But you got to have a little bit of attitude about it. You ain't trying to convince the devil that Jesus is real. He already knows that Jesus is real. The Bible say that even the demons shake at the mention of the name of Jesus. So the only hope they have is that we don't know what we have in that name. That's their hope. They hope that, that they don't realize that we can actually have faith in that name. That we've now been given power and authority to what? To, be, to walk out God's word in our life. So we have to know this. James chapter 1. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible as well. I'm going to read this out of the new one too. Just because I like it. I like the way it says. It's a little clear. But I want to pick up here in verse 2. James chapter 1. It says, consider it nothing but joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials and temptations. He says, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance. Now, we don't mind it when it talks about testing our faith, but it's the experience part that we don't like. I don't want to have to experience a trial. I just want to, you can test my faith, that's fine. But there's through experience will produce patience. They add here is that endurance is a leading to spiritual maturity and to inner peace. Now, this is just a core conviction of mine because I've met some folks in my day who, from the outward appearances, were spiritual giants, but yet they could not even maintain their own heart. That, that shows me a lack of spiritual maturity. Because spiritual maturity is a growth process. It, it, it's a process that the Lord is, is walking us through and walking us in. And even as it says here, is that as our faith is tested, that it will produce endurance or patience that will lead to spiritual maturity and inner peace. It goes on in verse 4 and says... And let us or and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. God, you two do could too good of a job working in me. Uh-uh. But this is what I know. When God says it's finished, it's finished. Yeah. He leaves nothing untouched and nothing untapped. When God's work is finished in me, there's no more come back and make a revision. You know, today I was on my computer and it pops up and says, you need some updates. What is it? Hey, we found some problems we got to fix. We got some, some features that ain't working that we need to make work right. God doesn't make revisions. His, his process is thorough to the end. This last part says, so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking Nothing. Familiar verse, verse 5, I read it a lot. quoted a lot. But it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, I love this, how they added this. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide you through a decision or circumstance. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide you through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously, without rebuke and without blame. And it will be given to him. But he must ask for wisdom in faith. Here's the key part without doubting. Yeah. Now, let me reread this the way they wrote it because I, I really like this. It says he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. That's good. He must ask in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. Doubt comes in because of this. I don't know if God will. God, I'm believing you for, but I just don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not completely sold yet. I know, you know, kind of going back to that example I gave you I know that I... That I bought something online, but I don't know where it's coming from. And I don't know who I bought it from. And I know I clicked send. And I know they sent me a confirmation email saying they got my order. And, and I know that they sent me, you know, this confirmation saying they shipped it out. But yet when I go to track it, it says nothing can be found. It's like my greatest pet peeve of buying stuff online. What do you mean you can't find it? They done shipped it. Can't find it. Come back tomorrow. You now, logistically, I understand what's going on. But in my mind, it doesn't help me. It's still frustrating to me. But there can be a moment of doubt that says, hey, I know that they got it. I know I've communicated. They took money from me. I know that they said they said it. But I don't have that assurance yet that it it is mine. That's doubt. See, as I was sharing with you earlier, is that it doesn't take great, large Faith to see God move. But I said this, is that it does take pure faith. Pure faith is not the, uh, you know, and it's not that we don't get discouraged because discouragement comes to everybody. You can still be in faith and get discouraged, but your faith, you have to respond through faith to that discouragement. Why? Because if you don't respond to that discouragement, it will lead to doubt. And when doubt creeps in, what is that? It's a I don't know if. Question. And we've got to deal with that if we're going to see what God wants to do for us. And I love how they added it is that we're not doubting God's willingness. No, God wants to. It's already been bought, prayed for, you know, it's like the old song Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. It's yours. He goes on and it says, For the one who doubts is like, the, is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person ought not to think or expect that he would receive anything at all from the Lord. Being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all of his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, and decides. So I'm going to give you a little, a, a, a little secret right here. If you want to know how to build your faith, it's not by building your faith. But what it does take is for you overcoming your doubts and your fears. That's how pure faith comes. That's how what Jesus talked about. It just takes just a mustard seed, just a a little bit of faith to walk on water did not take a lot. Great. I mean, you know, and I mean, look, I've, I've fell for this and, and, you know, and kind of bought into that. Like, I'm going to be a man of great faith, great faith, great. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be. Yeah. How do I grow my faith? I get rid of my doubts. I, I remove that possibility of, well, what if God doesn't? No, God will. Amen. It's not an option that God won't. God will. Right. God will. God will. I've removed every other card off the table. It's my only option and it's the only thing that I choose to focus upon. I will not focus on but if. But if nothing. But if God does. That's my but. But if God comes through. Now how he does does it, I don't know. That's up to him. Amaze me God. Just do it in the craziest way possible. I mean, what if we had faith like that that didn't even question if God would. It was just like, how's God going to surprise me this time? I mean, think, and I'm being serious. I'm not just saying that, just trying to be fun. Like, what if we got to the point where it was just like, it ain't a question of if or even when. It's just the question is how. How are you going to do it this time, God? I've seen you do it A, B, C, and D. You might want to jump all the way up to Z. I don't even care. But this much I know, you said it, you're going to do it, and I'm confident. And I'm not going to waver, and I'm not going to move off of it, and I'm going to stay focused until I get the thing that I'm believing for. Because your word says all I needed was pure faith, so I'm not going to allow those doubts to creep in and to rot my promise. I'm not going to do it. I will not let go of the thing God promised me. And I'm going to see it all the way through to the end. So, we've got to get rid of fears and doubts. Those are the two great enemies of faith fear and doubt. Fear and doubt. Fear. And the enemy loves to use fear and doubt. Fear and I mean, That's his MO. The Bible says don't be ignorant. Don't be fooled. Don't, don't lose sight of his, of his tactics. Why? Because you know what he's going to do. I mean, if somebody walked up to you straight in the face, you know, if I walked up to Joey and said, Joey, I'm going to punch you right in the face. Now, hopefully, Joey, knowing my character, knows I'm not going to do that. But if I walk to you and say, I'm going to punch you square in the nose and I punch him. And then I come back tomorrow and I say, Joey, I'm going to punch you in the nose and I punch him. How many days do you think it's going to take before Joey defends himself? We might not make it today too. (laughs) Because I know Joey. You can hit me once, but we might have to. And I might even dodge you then, right? No, if we know the way the enemy works, it's not a secret. It's not like some great... Thing that we can't see or understand or or, or see. No, we know how he works. And if he wants to abort our faith, he simply has to get us to doubt or to get into fear. And our faith will come to nothing. Why? Because exactly what it says there in verse 8. It talks about, hey, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. In everything he thinks, feels, and even decides. we got to be focused. So this is what I want to do tonight. I'm going to have you repeat something after me. And then we're going to say it together. I don't know how many times, but this is. I was actually in the shower, and this just popped up in my spirit. I tell you, God speaks to me in some weird places, but I don't care. As long as He speaks, I'm good with it. Now, I want you to repeat this after me. Say, I believe, I believe that, God that God is working, is working for, me. for me. Now, we're going to do it again. Repeat after me. I believe, I believe that, God that God is working For me. me. Now say it with some conviction. I believe believe that God God is working working for me. me. Now how would your day be different if you woke up every day saying that? I believe today God is going to work for me. Get up the next day. I believe God is working for me. God is working for my family. God is working in this situation. God is working in my finances. God is working in my heart. God is working in my mind. God is working for me. Yeah. It wouldn't take you too long saying that before you'd begin to believe it. That's right. God is on my side. He created me to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. God will cause me to be prosperous and be fruitful in every endeavor that I set my hands to do. Because I have a promise from Scripture. Think about this. You could get to the place. And I, I. this is one of the things that I that I confess over my life. Is that prosperity goes ahead of me. Provisions even ahead of me before I even get there. Before I have a need, it's already there. The Bible says he's the God who sees ahead and makes provision. I ain't taking scripture out of context. That's what it says. God provides for me. In every situation. Whether that be... In natural things, whether that be in wisdom, whether that be in understanding, whether that even be in getting a breakthrough in my life, God is going before me. Favor goes before me. I say it all the time. Father, I thank you that I have favor with you. And because I have favor with you, I have favor with all men. I thank you that every person that I come in contact with, if I need favor with them, I've already got it. And you know what? It's, It's ridiculous sometimes the favor that I see in my life. But I don't doubt either. Faith believes it's real fact today. God, I've got favor. Why? Because you said I had favor with you. The Bible says that Jesus walked in favor with God and he walked in favor with man. It actually says he grew in wisdom and stature. and And because he grew in wisdom and stature, it actually brought him into favor with God and with other men. As long as I'm growing, God, you said I'd walk in favor. Favor will do for me what I can never do for myself. It'll open doors that should have never opened. Let me say it this way, favor will get you places you don't belong. Like, well, how did I get here? But see, we're, we're going to have to deal with this self-talk we've been talking about in ourselves. You're going to have to change the way that you talk. talking. I'm not talking about some kind of mental ascent, something like I'm just trying to think better, think higher, you know. I ain't talking about that. I don't need to talk to the universe to get it to bring things to me because I know the God who created the universe. So I don't need to put good vibes out there. I don't need to put good juju out there. No, I know the God who created it all. I think I'm just going to talk straight to Him. Because He's the one who wrote this word that gives me the faith to stand upon that I can operate. You know, a man came to Jesus and one time, and I've shared this verse many times, but I love it, just the honesty of it. Jesus says, if you'll only believe, if you'll only believe, and he says, Lord, I do, but help my unbelief. God is not shaken by our fears and our doubts. But what he doesn't want is for them to stay. I mean, you may be dealing with fears and doubts. You need to start confessing the word, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. You're dealing with that spirit of of, of heaviness. I have a sound mind. I've got the mind of Christ. I think like Jesus does. I talk like Jesus does. Why? Because He's living on the inside of me. And that spirit causes me to triumph in every situation and every circumstance. And it's not so much even just about saying it out loud. Sometimes you need to be saying it inside. Now, it's, it's okay to say it outside. But I'll just tell you, a lot of those confessions that I just rolled off are not things I just walk around spouting out of my mouth all the time. Man, they're in my heart. I've hidden God's Word in my heart. and So when I get a bill and I ain't got the money, God, I thank you that you're the God who sees ahead. And you're the God who makes provision. I thank you that you're the God of my breakthrough. That you're you're working for me. And my confidence is not in my ability to fix it. My confidence is in your ability to fix it. I got problems, but they're yours. That's the way I live my life. Now it's taking a long time for me to get there. It's like my dad says, I'm a slow learner, but at least I'm a learner. It's taken me a while to get here. But at least I've learned. And and, and, and I'll say this, and am still learning. God, didn't say my problem. I'm your child. You get me and all my problems. And I get all of your blessings. I get all of your goodness. That I could confidently stand and declare over my life. Hey, today is the day of the Lord. And I'm going to rejoice today. Because my God, my Father... Is working on my behalf and working for me. And it will change the trajectory of your life. Why? Because you've changed your focus point. And when you change your focus point. It will change the ability to receive from God. And you'll begin to see. And exactly what I said. Is that it's the receiving of the thing that you're believing for. But you got to be focused. But if you'll do it. I believe that you're going to receive all God has for you. Amen.